that, that Jesus' ministry of healing, both the internal, um, both the inner man, as the scriptures would call it, and the physical reality of our bodies is a ministry that continues on into uh, our time. In, in, uh, you may or may not be familiar with this, but I'll just throw there. There, are, there is a certain group of Christians who often are referred to as cessationists who believe that the gifts of the Spirit that we, we talk about in healing and those types of things uh, ceased uh, after the scriptures were read, that they were a gift given to the apostles um, to kind of um, validate the, the gospel that they were preaching. And as soon as the scriptures were written, that door kind of got closed. We're not a part of a movement that believes that. We're a part of a movement that believes that the, that the word of God is valuable and good and that the apostles gave it to it. It's, it is the teaching of the apostles. But, but that um, the spirit is still moving in and around our world to validate uh, the kingdom of God through signs and wonders, through miracles, through the gift of divine healing. And uh, while this is a mysterious thing, it is. I don't think anybody, even those of us who may have the gift of healing, would think that it's not a mysterious thing. The way God functions in the world is a very often, um, it's like we're, we have little brains and we can't get our head around all of the ways in, that he acts. While, uh, while it is at times mysterious, that does not mean, in the, within the context of the New Testament, that it's something we don't seek after. It's something we don't walk after. It's something we don't allow our hearts to be open to. I grew up in a in this denomination in the Assemblies of God in a in a Pentecostal charismatic um, church, and while uh, we weren't swinging from the chandeliers or anything like that, I had the uh, because Ashley's dad was my pastor, and if you've heard him, you realize he's a pretty subdued guy. Uh, but uh, uh, but I also grew up in an environment where um, where we were I was I was blessed really to see the gifts of the Spirit in action. And so uh, we never want to be a people who shut off the work of God to or, or hold it separate in this side of things um, and say, oh, it's just, this, it's just this little part of what it means to be a Christian. We believe, rather, that um, what the Spirit is doing in our midst to both heal us internally, heal our emotions, uh, forgive us of our sins, is, uh, goes hand in hand with His work in our physical bodies. So, um, that, like I said, that doesn't mean that there aren't mysteries. That doesn't mean that everyone that's prayed for receives healing. That doesn't mean any of those things. It just means that we believe that um, these things are a sign of the kingdom, a sign of God's rule and reign over the universe. So I just want to walk through this passage briefly uh, with you in hopes that, here, I actually have a little anointing oil right there in my pocket, surprisingly, you know. I just carry it around. Uh, uh, I just want to walk through this passage with you, and my hope in walking through this passage is not to convince you in anything particularly, but maybe just to stir faith in our hearts about what type of God we serve and what it, what it is that Jesus wants to do. So Jesus gets in a boat, and he crosses the sea, and he goes to his hometown. And if you're familiar with the Gospels, you know that Jesus' hometown was not always a pleasant place for him to be. Uh, at times he was ridiculed there and told that they didn't believe that he was who he said he was, and so it could be difficult. But at this moment, Jesus goes across uh, the sea to his hometown, and a paralytic man, a man who apparently couldn't walk, was brought to him on a bed. His friends brought him. And the scriptures say, seeing their faith, and we'll talk about this in a second, not the man's faith, but their faith, the friends who brought the man, 
Jesus said to the paralytic, take courage, son, your sins are forgiven. Which is a strange thing to say because his friends didn't bring him to Jesus in order to get his sins forgiven, right? They brought him to get his legs healed. But Jesus, seeing an opportunity, and we, we learn from this passage that there are Pharisees and scribes and teachers of the law standing around, uses this opportunity to kind of make an object lesson out of what's going on here. And he says to the, to the man, your sins are forgiven. Now, something you've got to keep in, in mind from this passage, in the context of this passage, is that this man was a Jewish person. If he wasn't a Jewish person, then he would, uh, they would, the writer of this text would have pointed that out. Everybody Jesus dealt with was Jewish. And the idea of having his sins forgiven by a, pro- by a teacher or a prophet, you know, whatever they thought Jesus was at that given time, was a foreign concept. It wasn't, it wasn't something that Jesus was particularly known for. Jesus was... Um, already by this time was being kind of singled out as a prophet or as a divine or as a divine healer he was getting he was getting some notoriety for that but this sins healing thing is a little strange and because he says this the scribes say to themselves kind of mutter amongst themselves this fellow is a is blaspheming this this guy is committing heresy because a person can't forgive sins. I don't know if you've read the book of Leviticus, but it's for these people in their minds, this is not an easy process. It's the forgiveness of sins is not something that is just uttered and then happens, right? And Jesus, knowing their thoughts, knowing kind of the way, what they're thinking, what they're murmuring to one another, says, why are you thinking evil in your hearts? Why are you doing that? Which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven or to say get up and walk? Oh, and by the way, get up and walk. Crazy, isn't it? For Jesus, the the healing of the inner man, the forgiveness of sins, is, is, they're seen as like synonyms almost. Like for Jesus, the the process of, of, uh, releasing the power of heaven and healing this man and forgiving sins are like co-equal. One is not more astonishing than the other. Which is crazy, right? In Jesus' heart, in his mind, it is not more difficult for a paralytic man to get up and walk than for my sins to be forgiven. And what stands out to me from this passage if, you, if I'm honest with you, is that I have no problem regularly believing that, one, a per, that Jesus can, can forgive someone's sins. This is not hard for me. I'm a pastor. I have to, right? They, they ask me questions, and I sign a paper every year, and I send it in that says I believe that, right? I have no problem believing that. But do I believe that it is as easy for Jesus to heal someone as it is for him to forgive someone's sins. If I'm being honest with myself, that's a no, right? That's a no. That's conditioned by my experience to a certain extent because I've prayed for people that they would be healed and they haven't been. And I believe wholeheartedly that there is no experience in which someone asks Jesus to forgive their sins in which he will not do it, right? And So there is a distinction there that needs to be made. We don't want to be 
We don't want to be so um, dogmatic that we say every time we pray, somebody has to be healed because we don't even see that in Scripture all the time. But, but the point is that it is as easy. It is as easy. And healing in the Scriptures becomes a kind of signpost. Not the thing itself, but a signpost of the healing that, that God wants to do in us or will do in us. So th- when, when the scriptures talk about healing and what, what Jesus talks about when he, when he is healing people, very often he says language like this, this is a sign of the kingdom, a sign of the kingdom. It is an example of the kingdom of God kind of breaking out into our fallen world in all of these interesting ways. And I, now I've always thought that language was really interesting. And I thought it was interesting because it's not, it's not the thing itself. So when I am healed, if someone prays for me and I receive healing, which has happened, if I receive healing... That is not the kingdom itself, right? The kingdom of God has not been fully realized in my life. I can promise you it has not, right? But it is a kind of signpost in my life of the reality of the kingdom in the world, right? And so throughout the scriptures, every time there is a physical healing, it is a signpost. It is, a, it is an arrow pointing in the direction of God's kingdom, and this is what Jesus says in this passage after he hears this. Uh, uh, Jesus, Jesus says, why are you thinking evil, uh, thinking evil in your hearts? Which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven or to get up and walk? But so that you may know, right? So that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So that you may know that this thing called the kingdom of God is coming, that it is breaking into our reality, get up. Get up. And once again, the guy's like, great, got it. Dun, dun, dun. And then he leaves. <laughs> the funny thing about so many of the people that Jesus healed, they're just like, okay, thank you, bye. And they leave. Some people come back and are like, oh man, you're the real deal. And others of them are like, this guy, we never hear about this guy again. He just goes home. He's probably like really hungry. He needs a sandwich, I don't know. It's a signpost. It's a signpost. Healing is not the thing itself in the Christian faith. It's not. There have been times in my life when I thought uh, that, the, that in order for a faith to be authentic, it always must be accompanied by signs and wonders and miraculous things. And while uh, I think authentic, an authentic outpouring of God's kingdom will inherently be accompanied by these things, the reality of the kingdom, as Jesus says here, is the work that he does on the inside, renewing a person so that they can step into the kingdom of God. This is the reality and the substance of what Jesus wants to do. But the, but the physical healing is a kind of signpost. It's to say, look, over there, there's God's kingdom. Or, or better yet, look, right on down the road, God's kingdom is coming in its fullness. It's going to come here. The, Paul says later, uh, I think it's in the book of Ephesians. I should have referenced this. But he says, the light is dawning. The day is coming. 
when, when everything will be put right, when the kingdom of God is established in its fullness, the victory that Christ has already won on the cross is like this, um, this light on the horizon that is, that is just slowly coming into view. And as we see it, we can participate in it now as a kind of foretaste of the kingdom of God, as we step in to the kingdom of God through the, in, through the spirit that dwells within us. It's a beautiful picture. And so in this world that's fallen and broken, in this world of rickety joints and cancer and broken bones and cold sores and bad eyesight, in all of it, in all of it, Christ wants to put, plant signposts of his kingdom pointing in the direction of the coming kingdom. He wants to, he wants to, he, healing in some sense in the language of, uh, of Jesus in Matthew 9 is a so that miracle. It's so that you would know that the kingdom is coming. So that you would know that the son of man has authority on earth. This is what healing is. And I think this is a really, um, if you ask me honestly, I think this is a really well-balanced theological perspective on divine healing. Because um, it says it's not the thing itself, it is rather a signpost. It is not something that Christ owes us, because as we, as we place our faith in Christ, the thing he owes us is eternal union with him and, and life everlasting in the new heavens and the new earth. Like, that's what we're owed, and we're going to get there. But in the time being, he wants to plant these signposts of his kingdom all along the way of his goodness and his faithfulness and his healing and his mercy. And as he plants these signposts, they are to be, in some real sense, a witness to the reality of the kingdom that's breaking in. Does that make sense? You can nod your head or not. That's fine. Does that make sense? There's, no, there's enough of us here. I could ask each of you individually, and then that would be awkward. Uh, but I think that's a really healthy uh, biblical con conception of what healing is. I, I really think it is. Uh, I, uh, I believe that our healing, our ultimate healing, is... Um, we oftentimes I grew up with this passage of scripture by his stripes they are healed anybody familiar with that one it's true um, sometimes that's claimed as by his stripes we always have to like we will all receive a physical healing every time we're sick um, that's not true and I know that because people die <laughs> right people pass away um, so there's not so we will never recover from everything right as long as uh, the Lord doesn't return uh, we will die. It's fair to say, right? Uh, I love, but I love to see to to find the re the the backing or the support for uh, divine healing in our broken and partial world now in the resurrection, right? Because as Jesus's resurrection becomes real in our in our midst, as we partner with Him to see His kingdom come and His will be done on earth as it is in heaven, these signposts break out. So. Uh, so that's just a little bit of a theological understanding, I think, of what he divine healing is. But uh, I just want to—I just want to say one more thing as we as we um, conclude and just kind of transition into a time of prayer. And that is that I, I just want to draw attention to um, this one aspect that I pointed out already in verse two of chapter nine of Matthew, where it says, "And they brought to him a paralytic lying on his bed, and seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralytic." So seeing their faith. Jesus said 
to the paralytic. He didn't see the faith of the paralytic man. He saw the faith of his friends. And that, for Jesus, was enough to do what Jesus was going to do. And in his commentary on this passage, uh, one of my favorite s- scholars, he's not even, a, he's, he's a theologian, he's not a scholar, um, and that distinction is pointless, but uh, <laughs> his name's Stanley Hauerwas. Um, he was a professor at Duke, for Duke Divinity for a long time, but he, he writes uh, on this. He says, um, Jesus sees the faith of those who carry the, uh, the paralyzed man, and their faith is sufficient for him. And then he says this, and I love it. Intercessory prayer is a grace we are given that we may hold one another up before God. That intercessory prayer is a grace that we are given that we may hold one, uh, one another up before God. The, the Christian, uh, the experience of being a follower of Jesus is a team sport. <laughs> it's not an individual endeavor. And very often, we don't have faith for ourselves. I, I don't know. I don't know if I would have made it to this point in my life as a follower of Jesus if I didn't have the support of friends and loved ones. If I didn't have the prayers of all of you and of my grandpa and of my wife and of my parents, I don't know if I would. There are times in my life where I'm kind of buoyed by uh, the prayers, the intercessory prayers of other followers of Jesus. And sometimes that's enough. And so I I just want to say with this as we transition to a time of just body ministry, um, if you're sick in this place, both whether you're physically sick in your body or if you are uh, experiencing something in your emotional life or um, just in your your mind in any way, um, sometimes all you need to do is be carried to Jesus by the prayers of your community. I believe that. I believe that. Some, there are some of us who have big faith, who, have, who believe God for a lot, and that's good. And then there are some of us who need a little bit of help in this, in this life, and that is why we are part of a community. It's beautiful, isn't it? That's why we're part of a people who can come together and pray for one another, who can pray for one another and can support one another and can lift one another up in prayer and can see what God will do because he will do things. We stand before him with, uh, with broken and contrite hearts, humble hearts, and a willingness to see him move in our lives and in the lives of our brothers and sisters. That's what it's all about. So here's what I want to do. It's 642. Um, could we all stand together? And you are all here. I know ev- each and every one of you. You're all followers of Jesus. And so in, just in vulnerability and in openness, um, if you're in this place and you, you want to receive prayer for anything, whether it's, whether it's something in your actual body, uh, and I want every, every eye open and everybody looking around, uh, whether it's in your body or whether it's in your mind, whatever it is, if something in your situation in life that you want, you want to see Jesus intervene in, uh, raise your hand, big and high. All right. Okay, that's great. That's great. And here's what I want to do. Just like those friends who carried the paralytic to Jesus, 
I want us to lay hands on one another and carry these burdens to Jesus. So if you would pair off, all right, in groups of two or four for everybody who wants to receive prayer. Uh, again, everybody who needs to receive prayer, raise your hand. Raise your hand. Okay. Um, look around. Find those people. Uh, ask what it is they need prayer for, and then pray for one another, because this is what the body is. Does that sound good? I know it sounds a little, but because, uh, and here's the thing. Our prayers, as simple as they are, are powerful, are powerful. So um, just a little protocol for everybody. So um, look the person in the eye, right? Ask them, what would you like to be prayed for? And then take a second, take a beat, ask God, how would you like me to pray in your heart? God will be faithful and he'll respond. And then you can do that. Does that sound good? And I'm going to kind of make my way around and pray as well. But um, God wants to heal you. He really does. He really does in this place tonight. And I, and I believe uh, that God wants to bring his spirit in this place as well. So, uh, so let's do that now. Uh, just turn to who, if you raised your hand, and if you didn't raise your hand, find somebody who raised their hand real quick. All right, go do that. And then, uh, and have a conversation. Yeah, right there. Perfect. Perfect, perfect. And we're just going to pray for one another. If you want to be in a larger group like this, that's good. Share your need, guys. Share your need. As, uh, not, we, don't, we, don't need to, we don't need to give everything away, but we do need to be honest. And then we'll, and we'll pray. All right. Go for it. Go for it. 